Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. So glad that you're in church today. When you came in today, uh, on your seat is, um, is a response card. Would you hold this in your hand? Would you take this out and hold this in your hand? I want everybody in the room to, to, uh, to have this. If you're at church online today, you can find this in the video wherever you're watching uh, today. This is our annual Easter survey. Now, if you've been here very long, we've done this every Easter since we started the church, probably always will. And here's the reason why. Uh, the front side of this response card is just your basic information. If you're here for the first time, we give you what we call the hassle-free guarantee. Nobody comes to your house. Nobody bakes you cookies, even though if you've got cookies to bake, I'll tell you where I live. But nobody will do that. Nobody hassles you or chases you down. We just want to send you a note to say thanks for coming to church, and we love you, and we're praying for you. And if you call this place home, this is a great way to, to get your information updated. We want to care for you well and pastor you well. And honestly, we do it every Easter because all of you, a lot of you come to church here. You just don't all come on the same Sunday, you know. So we pick the Sunday where you all come at the same time and we say, hey, we'd love to be able to stay in touch. If you've moved, if you've got a new address, anything like that. The bottom of that is a prayer request. It would be our honor to pray with you. Matter of fact, this week, our prayer team will pray with you. Our staff prays over these every single week. It'd be our honor uh, to stand with you and pray with you. And then turn that over really quick. Uh, and look on the back. This is really the part that I love uh, every Easter. We've done, like I said, we've done this five years. Uh, this is our Easter survey. One of the most important jobs, listen, that I have as your pastor is that of a shepherd. As a matter of fact, in the New Testament, it would interchange the word pastor and, uh, and shepherd. And when I asked the Lord, you know, what, what, what fields, what hillsides do you want me to feed your sheep at? You know, that's one of the things I, that honestly it takes... A lot of, of my energy is, God, tell me what the people of God need. And, and a few years ago, I decided I was going to ask God and I was going to ask you. <laughs> like, what, what are the things? Are we, are we talking to the things that you want to hear? Are we preaching about the things you, you want to know about? Is there something else that you think, man, I've never heard you talk about, you know, why I married this idiot. Or I've never heard, you know, I've never heard you talk about, you know, raising bad kids. Come on, somebody. I'm just... Tell, tell me how, what the Bible says about this. And, and then, uh, this is a little secret uh, for you. Every fall, uh, we use this Easter survey. I actually, uh, our team uh, adds all this together. It's an aggregate of all of these. And then I preach a whole message series answering your questions. Uh, and so it would be my honor to do that. I'd love to hear from you. Even if you don't call this church home, I'd love to be able to hear from you uh, in our Easter survey. And then the bottom is about taking next steps today. And you'll see at the bottom, everybody look at the very bottom, four things, A, B, C, D. I'm going to get to those at the end of today's message. So hold on to this Easter response card. Keep it close by you to um, today. Uh, Easter is a great celebration. It's more than a celebration of Christianity. Most people think it's kind of like the 4th of July. You know, the 4th of July has kind of become a celebration of America. But really, it's not about a celebration of, of a country. It's about the celebration of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Like, it's an exact event that you're actually celebrating. And Easter is the same way. A lot of people just think, well, this is kind of, you know, the Super Bowl of Christianity. This is, you know, this is celebrating faith or the teachings of Jesus or the miracles of Jesus. And, and while all of that's important, this is really celebrating an event. And the event is that Jesus is alive. Say amen to that. 
Jesus is alive. Unlike every other major world religion, Jesus is alive. When they buried Muhammad, they buried him. He's still there. You can go find his bones. When they buried the Buddha, he is still there. You can go find his bones. When they buried Muhammad Ghatni, he is still there. You can go find his bones. But when they buried Jesus, he was only there for three days and he lives again. Shout amen to that. That's worth celebrating. You don't have to hear anything else I say. And that's worth celebrating. And I want to help you today in this Easter message. I have a simple message. If you're new here, you're going to figure that out really quick. That I'm simple not because the Bible's simple, just because I am. And I'd love to bring you a simple message about resurrection today. Maybe from a story you've never heard. If you're new to the Bible, John, the Gospel of John is a great place to start hearing about the life of Jesus. John would tell things that no other Gospel writer would tell. Matthew, Mark, and Luke would sometimes repeat the same story, different viewpoint. They would talk about what they saw, how they saw it go down. But John would talk more about Jesus and who Jesus was. And this has kind of been a Jesus-themed day. I love the worship from our team today. I love the focus on Jesus. By the way, just to let you in on a little secret, this is a Jesus church. This is a church all about Jesus, about lifting the name of Jesus, and that Jesus can do anything for anybody, anywhere. Say amen to that. So Jesus in John, the fifth chapter is where we'll be today. Jesus is with his disciples and they are traveling, working miracles from city to city. John 5, if you have a copy of the Bible, if you don't, feel free to look on the screen behind me or on your screen at home. Sometime later, John 5 and 1, sometime later Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. I love that we serve a Jesus that likes to party. Come on somebody. I love that. If, you, if you're kind of a party, now don't be weird. I'm not talking about party animal. You know, some of y'all, y'all take it too far. But I'm talking about good party. Jesus loved a good party. The first miracle Jesus ever did was, was water into wine. That's some reason that's why y'all came a Christian. Like you thought, man, I hope this happens every week, you know. And, and uh, he was at a wedding. He was at a party. And so he goes up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem, under, underline all of this in your Bible. I want you to follow this whole thing. Near the sheep gate, a pool, which in Aramaic, the, the local language of the day, where actually most of the New Testament has, has some Aramaic uh, sprinkled in, it's called Bethesda, the, the pool of Bethesda. And the pool of Bethesda is surrounded by, underline this whole thing, is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Get this picture in your mind. Jerusalem has many gates that walk into it. The eastern gate where Jesus will walk in when he assumes the throne of his father David. Uh, 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 the, the, there's gates that walk in. The gate of the Gentiles that you're able to go into the outer court, not into the inner court. There, there's, uh, where the western wall is today in Jerusalem, there was a gate there. And there was a sheep gate. The sheep gate is not just where sheep walked in, but really all the sacrifice. There were goats and there were lambs and there were rams and there were doves and there were animals. Millions of animals have been marched through this gate and just down the hill from the sheep gate, I wish I could show you if we were in Jerusalem today, I would show you just down the hill is, is a cistern. It's a collection of water where, uh, uh, there, where water would gather there that was called the pool of uh, Bethesda. And around that pool, I want you to just get this picture. I know we read it, but I want you to get it in your mind. I want you to think of those Roman columns that you see, and there's five. That's very important. There are five Roman columns, colonnades, all the way around the pool of Bethesda. Next verse here, a great number of disabled people used to lie. Everybody say great number. 
That wasn't everybody. Everybody say great number. There was a great number of disabled people that used to lie there. The blind, the lame, the paralyzed. But one who was there had been invalid for 38 years. And when Jesus saw the one lying there and learned he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Let me pause here and and teach you through this. I, I, I found it interesting that when you go to church, like on Easter Sunday, you look around, you think, man, everybody looks good. Everybody smells good today. Everybody bathes on Easter. Everybody puts on perfume on Easter. Everybody, everybody gets dressed up on Easter. Everybody wears clothes you can't really fit into on Easter. And you look around, you see the crowd. And if you're not careful, man, you'll start looking around thinking, I don't even know if God sees me. Like I come to church and I got this big, you know, Christian smile, you know. And when somebody asks me, how's it going? I say, awesome. Or, or if, you're, if you're super Christian, which y'all may be, all the super Christians came to 830, but y'all may be more, more Christian than the 1130 for sure. Full of sinners in 1130. But anyway, when somebody asks you, how's it going? I'm too blessed to be stressed. Right? Right? You just, and you just got this, and you, don't, and you don't realize, man, I don't even know if God knows, like, the hell that I'm in. Like, we fought on the way here. Like, we've been cussing at each other the whole time. Like, like we were spanking the kids. Y'all don't spank kids, but people 1130 spank their kids. Mama used to spank me while driving. It was dangerous. Dangerous. Mama would reach back. I don't know how. We didn't have a short car, but she, this arm was supernaturally long. And she could drive and hit me with this other one. Is anybody else, were you raised like me? All the people that are still here, you were. <laughs> All the other heathens ain't here. They weren't raised like us. You, you may be here today mourning the loss of a loved one, the first Easter without them. You may be here today mourning the loss of a marriage. You may have already filed the paperwork. You may have already gotten the manila envelope. You start thinking to yourself, and there's a big crowd of people at church, millions of people, billions of Christians around the world today celebrating. Surely God doesn't see me. And I want you to know that when we see crowds, Jesus sees one. When we see many and, and, and a lot of problems, maybe you turn the news on, I'm kind of a news junkie, and, and you start thinking, man, why would God care about me? Look at everything. Look at all the suffering around the world. We just supported a, a missionary who is flying into Poland, and she's going to feed uh, refugees, three and a half million refugees from uh, the Ukraine that are just in Poland. It's a horrific scene. We've actually helped purchase an entire abandoned hotel. We've opened it back up, and we're feeding refugees uh, in this ho- hotel and you think, man, with all of that, does God really see me? And here's what I want to tell you right off the bat. God doesn't see the crowd. God sees the one. God doesn't care about how bad the whole situation looks. God just cares about you. Jesus didn't just notice, man, look at all of these sick people. Look at all of these broken people. Look at all of these. He just notices the one. And then he asked a crazy question. I always think this is interesting. Most times in the New Testament, Jesus would ask this question. But every time I see it, I think, why would he say this, Mike? This doesn't make any sense to me. Jesus sees this man who had been lying in his condition for a long time. And he asked him, you see it on the screen. Do you want to get well? i got to ask you the same question today. Because the truth of the matter is, if you don't want it, even God can't give it to you. I've met a lot of people who don't want to be healed because they get more attention being broken. 
I've met people who don't want out of their mess because it's the mess that gives them security. You ever met somebody who just was, keep looking straight ahead in case they're here. They're just full of drama, you know. They just love drama and chaos. And if there's not any, they'll stir some up, you know. They'll just stir, they'll just, and, and you think, why? Why in the world? Why would, why would you do that? Because some people, they don't want to get well because it's the brokenness and the chaos that gets them all the attention. And so Jesus walks into this horrific situation, this pool of Bethesda with all of these sick people and all these lame people and all these blind people laying around. And a guy's been laying there 38 years. And Jesus says, do you want to get well? Honestly, it's a question I have for you this Easter. Do you really want God to fix what's wrong in your life? Do you really want joy again? Or does depression make you happy? Sounds crazy, but I met a lot of people who want to stay in darkness. And Do, do you want peace again? Or do you kind of like the fussing and cussing and arguing? You're kind of good at it, you know? Do you want God to heal your marriage? Are you just ready to walk away and move on? You want out of the addiction that you find yourself in? Or are you comfortable that this is, I can function, I can make this work? Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid said, next verse, Sir, the invalid said, he replied, I have no one to help me in the pool. This is what I do. By the way, when God has a question for me, I always give him the reason why. Right? Y'all don't do that because you're more spiritual than me. But when God says, hey, why haven't you done this? I go, well... Because I'm short. I usually start there. That's a, it's a decent answer, Jeff, to a lot of the problems I have. Well, because I can't reach it. That's why, God. You know, I, <laughs> why, why haven't you done this? Well, God, this is why. I didn't come from the right family. I don't have the right education. I, we don't have enough money. I didn't see this modeled. I, I, I didn't, I, I, there was anger in my home. There was, uh, you know, there was divorce there. I come from brokenness. I have all this problem. And, and, and he starts making the excuse. Well, sir... I don't have anybody to help me in the pool when the water is stirred. I'll tell you that in a moment. I'm trying to get in. Somebody else goes ahead of me. Isn't that the story? God's blessing them. and Here I am sitting over here by the pool trying to get healed. God's fixing them and here we are suffering. God's blessing them and I know them. I saw, what they, I saw where they checked in last night on Facebook. I know what they do. I know where they were. I know exactly how many margaritas they had. They put every one of them in their stories. <laughs> Not y'all. 1130. 11 it's in my notes for the next service. And God's blessing them and not me. I'm trying to get in the pool. Somebody else gets ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, last verse, Get up. <laughs> Pick up your mat. If you don't hear anything else I'm telling you today, this is a get up kind of day. Easter is a get up day. Easter is don't stay where you are today. Easter is get up from where you've been broken. Easter is you don't have to stay on that mat. Easter is you don't have to stay broken like you've always been. Easter says you can get up because Jesus got up. You can get up. Take your mat. So he picked up his mat and he walked and he was healed. There is an interesting system that goes on at the pool of Bethesda. I really don't have a ton of answers for you, Josh, about how or why. Here's just what I know. I know that in this pool of water, occasionally, we don't know how often, we don't know if it was on a schedule or if it was random, the Bible says the angel of the Lord would appear. I don't know if he would be seen. I don't know if you could see what was going on, but he would trouble the waters, the Bible says. Some translations make it sound like it was bubbling, like a hot tub. 
like there was a jacuzzi going on. And so there, there's this system where if you could get in the water first, when the angel troubled the water, then you could be healed. And of course, this had been going on obviously for a very long time. This fellow has been laying there 38 years. Surely it had been going on before then. Can you imagine the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that he's seen get healed? That every time the water is stirred, somebody jumps in ahead of him and they get healed and they walk out of the water healed and whole. Don't understand it. We'll get to heaven. We'll ask all about it. Maybe we have hot tubs in heaven. This kind of sounds like we should, you know. I don't know how it happens. I don't know why it goes on like it goes on. But it happens like this. And Jesus walks into this system. And listen to me. The system is broken for this man. The system doesn't work for him. Maybe you're here today and the system's quit working for you. The the marriage that used to work doesn't. The, The relationship that used to work doesn't. That I used to be able to handle this addiction and now it's handling me. I used to be able to keep my anger in check and now out of control. I used to be able to keep my depression at bay and now I barely got out of bed this morning. And the system doesn't work. Write it down like this in your notes. Jesus isn't just the escape plan. Jesus is the expert. Let me say it better like this. An expert knows how stuff works. I look like a car guy until my car breaks. And suddenly everybody knows I'm not a car guy, right? So I'm the guy that goes to the Bernie uh, car shows and I walk around with my seven-year-old son and I read the plaques because he can't read as fast as I can and I make it sound like I knew what that was. That's a 67 Chevelle right there. That's a 54 Ford over there. Look at that, son. And he's just, Daddy, I can't believe How did you, were you alive then? They always talk about the 90s. Terrible little kids. Daddy, was that in the 90s? Yes, it was. (laughs) I look like an expert until my truck breaks. I drive a truck because I pastor in Texas and you wouldn't trust me if I didn't drive a truck. (laughs) The moment my truck breaks, you realize I'm all smoke. I got no idea how things work. (laughs) I don't have a clue. But an expert knows. I go to the doctor, went to the doctor, had some pain in my back and he recommends physical therapy. So I go to the physical therapist a couple of times and while I'm in the physical therapist, man, it's working. He's stretching me. I'm doing all kind of stuff I shouldn't be allowed to do. And I, careful. Somebody said careful. I walk out and I'm feeling right. And then he says to me what doctors should know not to say to men. Because they know the way our ears work. They're doctors. He says, when you get home, you need to keep doing these stretches. And, and, and being the godly, integrous man I am, I say, oh, doc, I got it. Yes, sir. And the moment I get home, I get on the ground and I'm trying to tell Brandy how to do these stretches. And I look like a monkey on crack trying to stretch my body. It worked in the office because the expert was there. It worked when I had the doctor had his hands on me, but it doesn't work for me. Write it down like this. If you don't know what's causing dysfunction, you won't know how to fix it. If you don't know why you can't get out of depression... If you don't know what's causing the dysfunction where there's no joy in your marriage again. If you don't know what's causing the dysfunction of addiction to pornography or alcohol or sleeping pills. If you can't sleep at night and can't wake up in the day without the aid of medication. You, you, if, you don't know, if you don't know what's causing all the dysfunction in your life, you won't know how to fix it. And so Jesus is the expert that walks into the scene that knows how the thing works. 
And John 5 is a case study in Jesus doing the only work Jesus can do. I call it, Jesus is the original dirty jobs. Does anybody watch Dirty Jobs with Mike Rowe? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah? Go home and watch it. It's decently clean TV. I know it's called Dirty Jobs. Be very careful searching. But anyway, Dirty Jobs with Mike Rowe. And That's why you need parental controls on your Apple TV. And, 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 and Jesus is walking into this dirty situation. Now listen, I want to tell you how bad the situation is. I don't know if you noticed this. But it's downstream from the sheep gate. Now you imagine millions of animals walking through the same muddy gate. And just down the hill is a collection of water. Listen to me. This was not Club Med. This place was filthy. And nasty and terrible, and nothing is working right. And you may be in church today thinking, nothing's working right. This marriage isn't working. Friendships aren't working. My relationship isn't working. My thought life isn't working. These habits aren't working. And the genius of Jesus is this, that he knows because he, he, he knit you together in your mother's womb. And the Bible said not one of your days came to be that isn't written in his book. And since he made you in the beginning, he knows how to make you again. And because he's the creator, he knows how to put back together the stuff you and I have messed up. And he knows how to fix the system. Jesus um, sees three things in this story. I know that you expect me to give you three points, so I'll do it, but just for you. So if you're taking notes, would you write these three things down? This, he walks into this terrible situation in John 5, and this man has three things wrong. Number one, he had a situation. Write that down. He had this situation. I, I, I'm lame. I've been disabled 38 years. We don't know how old he is. More than likely, most theologians agree that he's 38 years old. Because when you would have a disabled child in the ancient world, they would almost immediately uh, send them away and they would discard them. Many of them would die because they didn't want to raise it with shame to their house to have a disabled child. So he's probably lived there his whole life. He, he has this situation. I, nobody helps me get in the pool. Somebody always gets in before me. I was born to the wrong family. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough education. You'll always find an excuse for your situation. Maybe you're in a situation today. You don't really know even how you got here. I've just kind of been here all my life. This is all I know is my mess. All I know is this pool. All I know is brokenness. All I know is anger. All I know is, is, is betrayal. All I really know is when somebody left. My dad left. My grandfather left. My grandmother. This is all I know is to run when things get hard. And, and he has this situation. Number two, he has this squad. Write that down. He has a squad of people. I, I, I was looking for another word, but because I'm a preacher, they all have to start with S. I don't know why we do that. It's a mental condition. So he has this squad of people. And listen, so he's around all these other sick people. Isn't it funny that when you get in a situation, instead of finding people to help you out of it, you end up surrounding yourself with people just like you? Right? It, your marriage is broken, so you go find the, the person in the office whose marriage is broken, and y'all get together and talk about how terrible your marriages are? You're broke, so you go to the casino, because that's where all the rich people are. Right, you go, you go around more broke people, being more, 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 more broke, and all of these lame people are around. You, you can't expect sick people to make you unsick. 
By the way, let me pause here and tell you, that's why I think you need a church family. That's why I tell you, if this isn't your church, go find one that is. If this isn't the place you can go all in at and get planted and, and find a home, then go find a church in town. There's some great churches here. Go find one that you can because you need the right squad around you because you can't get well around a bunch of sick people. You need strong people. Here's the last thing. He had this system. He had a situation. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm lame and I can't get in. Nobody's here to help me. And I'm around all these other sick people. The squad was not helping whatsoever. Matter of fact, they're contributing to the squalor. But he had this system that was working against him. I met a lot of people around Easter season who feel like the system's rigged against them. Like this just isn't working anymore. There was this system where the angel troubled the water and if you were the first to get in, you could get healed. But the system was broken because if you didn't have somebody to put you in or you didn't pay the right people or you didn't do the right thing or you didn't say the magic words, then the system didn't work. Most of the dysfunction in your life is not because of the system. I'm sorry, it's not because of the situation you're in. It's not even because of the people you're around. Most of the dysfunction in your life is because of the system that you continue to allow. It's this cycle of we're doing good, we're not doing good. I'm, I'm, I'm doing better today. I got up and I got dressed today. It's Easter. But tomorrow I had a tough time getting out of bed for the depression. I'm, I, it's the system of our marriage is good for a couple of weeks. It's actually good for a couple of months. We had a good time. And then something breaks and here we are again. It's this broken system of, I, I, I go to church and I tell myself, man, I'm going to make a change. Things are going to get different. Things are going to get better. Every, I'm, I'm going all in with God. And then a couple of weeks go by and life happens and now here I am again, far from God, cold, messed up. And the system doesn't work. I, I told myself I was going to take care of this anger problem. I, 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 we, we told ourselves we'd go to marriage counseling. I, I read all of the books on how to get joy and peace again and system just isn't working and here's what I know about you because it's true about me that I may pretend it's about this situation and my, I may even blame all the people I'm around the squad but, but it's true that you've got a broken system and you found yourself in an elementary school on Easter Sunday by the way it's our last Easter in an elementary school because about six weeks from now we're moving into our home everybody <laughs> Cut that out. This system's broken. <laughs> anyway. The system's broke. Morgan just didn't work like it used to. Maybe it wasn't even your fault. You didn't choose to be born into that family. You didn't choose those parents. Yeah, I chose this spouse, but he was a different person. Oh, yeah, when we said yes, this, he was different. I could hear the excuse of a man of 38 years old with brokenness and hurt and pain and him saying, this system doesn't work for me. So Jesus walks into the system, and the genius is, listen, today I'm not trying to fix your situation, honestly. I don't even think Jesus is trying to fix your situation. I'm not even trying to get you to get a new squad today. I think you need a church family. I'd love for this to be the one. But I would like you to find a whole new system. 
We see how broken the system is at the end of the, 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 the passage here. The Bible said Jesus heals him. You, you saw that. He said, get up. And he took his mat and he was cured. The part I didn't read to you is it was on the Sabbath day. And there was a bunch of Pharisees and Sadducees standing around. And the Bible says, you go back and read it for yourself in John 5. The Bible said that they used this event to plot to kill Jesus. You want to know where they hatched the idea of the crucifixion? Right here. They hatched the idea of killing Jesus. Because he upended the system. Because he didn't, he wasn't just content with a little bit of fixing, a little better version of you. You 2.0. You with a little bit more patience. You with a little bit more fixed marriage. You with a little bit more managed addiction. No. Jesus said, I want to turn the whole system around. This law that says the angel has to come, and this law that said you got to get in the pool first. No, no, no. None of that's true. And here's what I want you to know Jesus came to change the system from law to grace in your life. And here's how I know because the Bible said the pool of Bethesda, Alicia, was surrounded by five colonnades. You remember this? Every time you see five in the, in, in the Bible, five is the number of grace. Five is the number of grace. Always, always is in the Bible. Five is the number of grace. Here's what I want you to hear. Even in your mess, even in your broken situation, even when the people around you have failed you, not, not, not helped you, not encouraged you, not, not lifted you into the water, even when the system's rigged against you, you've always been surrounded by grace. You've always, the pool of Bethesda was surrounded by grace. So are you. Today, Jesus will fix the whole system just so he can heal you. Jesus will turn the whole system upside down. This event sparks the crucifixion, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. He turned the whole system upside down for one fella for 38 years in a broken system. And because he did that for him, he can do it for you. So what do I have to do? I'm glad you asked. Romans 3.25 says, For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. Something's got to fix what's broken. The situation still has to be changed. He's still got to get healed. That's Jesus' job. God presented His one and only Son as the sacrifice for sin. And people are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed His life and shed His blood for me. All the English teachers in the room know the implication here is at the end, the preposition is for me. He shed his blood for me. He shed his blood for you. What do I have to do? I'm glad you asked. Romans 10 and 9. If you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you can be So the question, so the question of the hour is the same question Jesus said. Do you want to be well? Like this Easter, do you want to be well? Now, normally, if you've been to church here very long, you'd think, I was gonna pray right now. I'm not gonna pray. Jesus didn't pray for the guy. Crazy. Jesus never prays for this guy. He doesn't say, let's hold hands. He doesn't say, hey, let's let's call the elders and let's do. He didn't do any of that. He just says, Hey, do you want to be whole? Yeah. Okay. And he picks his mat up and walks. It's a decision. It's a choice to not stay in my broken system. 
I want to give you a choice today. Would you take that response card out? Everybody in the room, everybody's going to take a step today. Everybody's responding to God today. Look in the bottom of the back side. There's four blanks, A, B, C, D. I want to give you a chance to take a step with God. I'm not going to coax you into it, not even use any emotion. I just want you to decide. The craziest thing about this story to me, Marianne, is that the man would still, he would have died sick if he wouldn't have answered the question right. Right? You believe that? Josh, if, if he wouldn't have said, no, 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 I want to be made whole. I don't have anybody to help me, but I need, I, I'm, I want what you got. If he would have answered wrong, Jesus would have, he just would have went to the next guy. Hey, you want to be well? I don't know how many guys it would have taken. I'm going to be honest with you today. I want to answer it right. So I'm going to give you a chance to take a step with God. On the screen behind me, you're going to find four responses. You can respond to God. Whichever one you are, you select that. I'm going to pray for you. We're going to go outside and eat cotton candy. Y'all, we got custom cotton candy for you. Nothing says Jesus is alive like legally addictive sugar. says, I'm already in a life-giving relationship with Jesus, but I need more. Now, I want you to answer this honestly, because if it's not life-giving, if it's cold, if it's backwards, if it's been a long time, that's not you. B, and my prayer is for a bunch of Bs today. (laughs) My prayer every Easter that we do this is that a bunch of people say, "I I want it today. Josh, like, I want to start over today. Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know even if I know how this whole system works, but I can tell you this, the system I'm in is broke. What I've been doing for 38 years, it hasn't worked. So I want to begin a real relationship with Jesus today. I'm going to give you a chance to pray that prayer in just a moment, like Romans 10 says. See, is, listen, I was a Christian, kind of went my own way. Maybe you're here today because somebody invited you. Maybe you're here today to make mama happy. I used to be on fire for God. I used to have a vibrant relationship with God, but honestly, I've walked away, and I want to recommit my life to Christ. Easter would be a great time to do that. And then D, every year people say, why did you? Why do you put D in this survey? We do it every year, and there are a few people every year who, who select this. I'm not ready to make that decision at this point, so please pray for me. Now, I used to say, I'm not ready to make that decision at this point, and that was it. I added this year, please pray for me, because... <laughs> We would pray for you, and we just didn't tell you. So now I want you to know. If you're the guy who goes, I don't know if I want to be well. It's okay. But I'm praying that you will soon. I'm praying that if today's not the day that you're just sick and tired of being sick and tired, that day will come soon. I think Easter's the best day to say, yes, I want to be well. If that's you and you've made your selection, would you bow your heads and close your eyes all over the house? I want to give you a chance to do what it is you just said you would do. I want to give you a chance to say yes to Jesus, to say yes to a new system, to say yes to healing and wholeness in your life. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to make you stand or raise your hand. But I am going to ask everybody to pray out loud. That way you don't feel embarrassed if you're praying this for the first time or maybe the first time in a long time. You can say it very simply like this. Lord Jesus. Thank you for the cross. I believe you died for my sins. I believe God raised you from the dead. 
Now listen, here's the part that you can pray that's got to come from the depths of your soul. Jesus, the system's broken. I'm broken. We're broken. I need healing and help and wholeness and salvation. Pray this from the depths of your soul. So save me today. Change me today. I give you my sin, my past, my mistakes, my future, my hopes, my dreams. All of me belongs to you. Save me today. Be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. And everybody shout amen. Let's give God praise for his word, everybody. Come on, do you receive it? Thank you for joining us today. And a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.